Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. That's Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 34 on page 1006. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Thank you, Tim. Shall we pray as we come to think about that passage together? Father God, we do thank you that you're a God who speaks to us through your word. Please help us to listen well. And would you shape and change our thinking so it's in line with yours and so that we might live lives to your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Not long after I started here as a student worker, I preached a Christmas service Um, And I remember particularly preaching at that service because uh, before the service, after I'd done all my preparation, um, just uh, the service about to start, remember Paul Williams uh, coming up to me and saying, have confidence. He says, don't listen to the voice inside which says to you, what's the point of speaking these words to people? Don't listen to uh, the voice inside which says how these words are insignificant. Don't listen to the voice which says, how will anyone believe God's word as it is read and then preached? Don't listen to the voice which says, this is pointless. Now, they've been really important words to me as I have preached at various times. And yet, I wonder whether you've thought similar things as you have spoken to people about Jesus. Now, whether you've had the opportunity to speak and you have taken the opportunity and you think, Well, that seems pretty pointless. I've spoken about Jesus. It seems so insignificant. I'm sure if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've had those kind of thoughts. 
whether it's because someone has said to you, as someone said to me a few weeks ago, I will believe in God if you show me a miracle. And I think to myself, well, all I've got is words about Jesus. Or whether it's because you have spoken to people, you've spoken to them about Jesus and nothing happens. You've seen so many people not responding to Jesus that you think, what's the point? Or whether it's because you think to yourself, here I am, speaking words and saying to someone who's not a Christian, give up everything and follow Jesus. You can have your sins forgiven and eternal life with him. And as you're saying it, you're thinking to yourself, these words seem so small and insignificant. They seem so powerless. And as you have those thoughts, you become discouraged and think, what's the point? Well, today Jesus wants to address those kind of thoughts in us. And he says to us, keep speaking about me. And he does that in connection with his own ministry. And first of all, so Mark chapter four, he's addressing his own ministry, which hasn't been an entire success. He spoke about himself and what he came to do. Many people had come and seen him do amazing things, but there wasn't a huge amount of people who were following him, who were close to him. For some, I imagine the message didn't seem that impressive. And so you can imagine the few disciples who are following him and who have given up everything, thinking, is this really worth it? Is this really working? Is this what it's meant to be like? And in this chapter, Jesus addresses those fears. And he shows the nature of his ministry. And he shows that his ministry is not a failure. And so he encourages us to keep going in the same way too. Now in order to understand how Jesus does that, and how he addresses our fears, we need to observe some of the terms which he uses and see the connection between them. In particular, I want us to see the connection between the kingdom of God and the word And so, uh, firstly, notice that the kingdom of God comes up a number of times in in Mark chapter 4. We saw it, first of all, uh, last week in Mark 4.11. It's back over the page. It's always really annoying when you get a Bible pass and it's over two pages, isn't it? But if you flick back a page, you see Jesus uh, speaking to his disciples. And he says then in verse 11, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. You see, and then as we look into today's passage that we just had read, you saw the kingdom of God coming up again. Do you remember verse 26? He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And then verse 30, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? And the focus on the kingdom of God in this chapter is not something new in Mark's gospel. It's not just arisen at this point. If you remember how Jesus began his ministry, you see that. Flick, flick back a page, it might be worth just having a look at that. So Mark chapter 1. You see in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we see Jesus beginning his ministry. Words which are kind of foundational then to understand his ministry. And you see what it says, verse 14. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, Jesus, right from the beginning of his ministry, has been speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God relates to a number of different things, but in particular, I think, it's talking about God being king. 
the kingship of God over his world. And it's not a new thing, but the new thing is that that kingship has come near to the people at that time. And I think that is because Jesus, the king, has come. The big focus of the kingdom is about Jesus being the king. And as we see Jesus as king, we get a bit of a glimpse as we've gone through the chapters to what that kingdom will be like. You see, it's, you see what it's like as he drives out evil, as he does away with sickness, as those who have rejected his kingship and spurned him as Lord are welcomed back, as sinners are welcomed into his family. We've seen the world of, with Jesus as king is a good world. So Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God. But secondly, see the connection between the kingdom of God and the word. If you're still in chapter 1, just notice the obvious point from verses 14 and 15 about what Jesus is doing. Verse 14, he is proclaiming the good news. He's proclaiming this kingdom. He is speaking of the kingdom. You see the same thing in chapter, in verse 38. Do you remember the disciples have come to him and said, we think you should be doing something different, Jesus. Come and do some more miracles. And Jesus says, verse 38, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so with that in mind, turn back to chapter four. Because in chapter four, we see that there's a focus on the word here too. You see in verses 21 to 25, there's a a focus on hearing the word. Remember those words in verse 23, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What are they to hear? Well, it's the word of God. And then in the two parables at the end, Jesus says what the kingdom of God is like. And in both instances, he compares it to seed. You see verse 26. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And then verse 30. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed. And when we read about the seed, I think that should remind us of last week's passage when we saw the the parable of the sword. Remember the farmer going out and sowing the word and Jesus says in verse 14, the farmer sows the word. So you see the connection. Jesus is, is speaking of the kingdom of God but he's also talking about the word. And the connection between the word and the kingdom of God is this. It's the word which brings about the kingdom of God. It's speaking about the kingdom of God. It is talking which helps people come into the kingdom of God. It's talking to people about having Jesus as their king brings people under him as their king. Not just saying any words to people, but words about the kingdom. Which is why you could say that we proclaim the kingdom of God to people as we speak to them. And so that happens when you have a a conversation about Jesus over lunch or when you're sitting around the dinner table with your children at night talking of Jesus or when you've gone for a walk in the hills with someone and you talk about Jesus or when you're walking around the shops and you speak about Jesus or when you catch a moment on the school run to speak about Jesus. Speaking about Jesus brings the kingdom of God to bear on people's lives. And so that's why when we talk about speaking of the gospel, we're talking about speaking of the kingdom. 
It's the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what we speak to people about. And so when we come back to where we began this morning, can you see why we start to think it's so weak and pathetic? We are going to speak words to people and that's going to bring God's kingdom to bear in their lives. By speaking of that kingdom, people will see that Jesus is king and submit to him and start to live by his kingdom standards. It seems so small. But Jesus wants us to keep speaking about him. And he addresses some of the fears that we might have. And so he says, be committed to speaking the gospel firstly because it's clear That's what you see in verses 21 to 25. You see how he begins, verse 21. Do you bring a a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Well, of course you don't. Instead, don't you put it on a stand? Well, that'd be much more like it. You put the lamp on the stand so its light can shine and be seen. And Jesus says that is what he is doing with his kingship. The reason given is that in verse 22, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. You see, the point Jesus is making is that the news of his kingdom is not obscure or hard to find. It's not hidden away under a bed somewhere. Rather, it's on display for all people to see and hear. The problem is that people will not listen. Which is why he says, verse 23... If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, the message is not hard to understand. The message is that Jesus is God's son, the ruler of the world, that he came to win salvation for mankind, that he did that because mankind are sinful and under the curse of God because of it, and our response should be to accept and live for him. You see, the the message in some ways is not hard to understand, and yet some people don't listen to it properly. It might be that they want to hear a different message, and so when they hear the message, they say, well, it doesn't match up to what I want, and so they don't accept it. Or they say, actually, God, I want something more from you, and I'm not willing to take you at your word on what you say here. We saw lots of those kind of things last week in the parable of the sower. And so for some people, the message is snatched away and for others, they crave other things and they don't want Jesus. But Jesus says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Do I know of someone who's been reading the Bible recently with his friend and they've gone through the Uncover material together, which is a a book of materials, a book of questions which takes you through uh, the Gospel of Luke in the Bible. And this person has said to my friend, I will become a Christian if God shows himself to me. And my friend has been so discouraged and thinking to himself, why doesn't God show himself? But you see, the point is, it's not, the problem is not with God. He is clear. He has shown who he is. The word shows that. His kingdom is there to be seen. Jesus' kingship is there to be seen. The problem is that his friend is not listening to the word. He's not listening to the message about Jesus. And we too can so easily forget to listen to Jesus 
and to heed his call to listen. Now, there are people who need more information about the Bible. We need to take them through God's word to help them understand what the Christian faith is about. And that's what God gives us in his word. But often with some people, it comes to a stage when they have all the information, but they want something more. And so we're left with two experiences with people. Don't you feel that? If you see some people who hear the message of God and they become Christians and they, they grow as Christians and their understanding seems to just take off and they understand lots and lots. The gospel it seems to be growing in them. They gain more understanding of the gospel. On the other hand, you get people who reject it. They don't listen and they don't accept and then the opposite seems to happen, that even the little bit of understanding that they had seems to be taken away, and they don't understand anything of the gospel. They reject the gospel, and over time, they become harder and harder to it. That's what's happening to my friend who read the Bible with his mate. His, His friend now doesn't want to hear anything more. You see, that's what Jesus says happens. Look at verse 24. Jesus goes on, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. You see, those who have understanding and accept Jesus go from strength to strength and grow in that. And those who reject Jesus, even the little bit of understanding they have seems to be taken away. But we don't lose heart and we will still speak of Jesus because the gospel is there for people to see. So Jesus says, keep speaking of the gospel because it is clear. And secondly, keep speaking of the gospel because it is active. I wonder whether you feel sometimes that speaking the gospel is pointless because it doesn't seem to do anything. Now you think, well, I told somebody of the gospel and they didn't become a Christian. Well, Jesus answers that in verses 26 to 29. Now have a look. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. You see the point, the the farmer sows the the seed, that's what he does. He speaks the word. Remember the word is, the the seed is the word, the word of the kingdom. And the farmer eh, sows the seed and then must wait for the growth to come. And so must we. Often our problem is though that we want instantaneous results. I heard of someone uh, telling the story of planting green beans in his garden with his children. Uh, They'd just moved into a new house and they uh, made a vegetable plot and they were uh, going to plant some green beans. My friend, this person I heard explaining the story, saying he was explaining to his children uh, why they were planting the seed. And they were saying to them, we're planting uh, these green beans and then we'll be able to have green beans for our tea. And so they, they spent the afternoon digging and planting Um, And then the next morning, he said, the children woke up full of excitement and they ran into the garden 
And as they got there, they were sorely disappointed. They said, Daddy, where's the green beans? But you see, we do the same thing with the gospel, don't we? We tell people of the gospel and then we say, where's the green beans? And we're discouraged that they're not there. We can expect immediate results and when we don't see them, we think that it's not working, that the seed of the gospel is dead or that the seed of the gospel was bad seed. You see what Jesus says, the seed will do its work. God will cause it to grow. So keep sowing. Keep telling people of the gospel. He says, when you see no results, remind yourself and each other, it is God who gives the growth. And that will happen and a great harvest will ultimately be harvested. You see, it's really important to remember that because when we see no results, we might be tempted to other ways to make people believe. Now, Christians have gotten that wrong over history when they've tried to use force to make people believe. Or they've tried to manipulate people into believing. Or when we think that the gospel is not working, we might try to promise things that the gospel doesn't promise to people. Or we start to focus on things other than telling people of the gospel and make those the central aspects of our mission in the world. Or we just give up speaking. But Jesus says to us, keep speaking the gospel because it is active. It does work. It does grow. Your place, though, is to sow the seed. And God's place is to grow the seed. So Jesus says, keep speaking the gospel, it is clear, it is active. And thirdly, keep speaking the gospel because it brings about an enormous kingdom. I wonder if you feel that when you go to speak of the the gospel, speak of Jesus, it just seems so puny. With all the problems in the world and the challenges the church faces, with church attendance declining and the moral standards of our country in flux, we say to people, Let me tell you about Jesus. (laughs) Do you not feel that that sometimes just seems so small and weak, so puny? That small message in in the world with so many different problems. But Jesus says that small message will ultimately be seen to be huge and glorious and will solve all the problems of our world. You see, that's the point of the last parable. See in verse 30? Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. It's interesting that Jesus himself says that this gospel word, the word of the kingdom, can seem so small, so insignificant, so pointless. But listen to where Jesus goes on to say, verse 32, yet when planted, it grows And becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. You see, the word might seem like the smallest thing. And yet that would be to mistake the power that it has within it. It has the power to change lives. And in the future we will see just how many lives it has changed. 
It will be a huge kingdom which will extend over the entire world and we will see many, many people living under the shade of the kingship of King Jesus. And as they do, they will all testify to someone speaking the gospel to them. They will all tell of someone who taught them the word. Some will speak of being in churches where there were just a few believers who faithfully gathered and someone there told them of the gospel. Others will say they were part of a bigger church community and yet it was still the small word of the kingdom which brought them to Jesus. Others will speak of parents speaking of Jesus to them in the home or on car journeys or when they were fighting or when they had messed things up. Others will speak of the teammate who explained Jesus to them over a pint and after the game. Others will speak of colleagues who spoke of Jesus over coffee breaks or at lunch times. Uh, Still others may speak of a stranger who met them on the train and opened up God's word and spoke to them of Jesus. And all of them are in God's kingdom. This enormous and glorious kingdom. Now we get a picture of what that might be like in Revelation chapter 7. There's no need to turn there now, you might want to look later. But the writer there says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people in language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, this message of the kingdom may seem so small and so insignificant. And yet the result will be that there is an enormous, wonderful, glorious kingdom in the future. A multitude of people standing before the throne of King Jesus living under his shade. And so when we get the opportunity to speak and tell of Jesus to our friends, and you hear that little voice inside saying it's pointless to tell people of Jesus. And when we think of this word being so small and weak and insignificant, the the smallness of the kingdom... Just remember how great and wonderful the kingdom that grows from it is. When we think, oh, this gospel word doesn't work. Nobody becomes Christians. It never grows. Remember, there is a great harvest once God gives the growth. When you think, oh, this word is, people will never understand. Remember, God puts it on a stand so that all can see and know. And so when you get the opportunity to speak to your friend over coffee tomorrow morning, don't be discouraged. Remember, the gospel is clear, it's active, and will bring about an enormous kingdom. And can I say, when you speak the word to others, God is pleased with us. You're being faithful to your Father in heaven when you sow the word in your lives and in others' lives. Well, as I close this morning, can I say, if you're here this morning and all this is new for you, and you don't really understand what this talk of the kingdom is and what the kingdom that Jesus brings is, can I encourage you to listen to Jesus' call in verse 23? If you have ears to hear, then hear. Will you put effort into coming to understand and to know what Jesus is all about?
You get a picture of what that might be like in verses 33 and 34, where it says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using parables. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explains everything. You see, if we come to Jesus wanting to understand, then everything can be explained. And you can understand. And so you come and speak to us, ask us, so that you might understand more of this great and glorious kingdom that King Jesus brought. Well, let me pray as we close. Father God, we praise and thank you for speaking to us of the gospel of Jesus. We thank you that we have come to recognize that he is king and have entrusted our lives to him. And we thank and praise you for those who spoke that gospel word to us so that we might too believe. And would you give us confidence to speak of King Jesus with others? Help us to remember that the gospel is clear and active and is bringing about an enormous kingdom. And we pray that as we speak, you would add many people into your kingdom, that many, many people too would have King Jesus as their king. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.